Elliot, did you see uh, Disney's announced the name for their uh, their new streaming service? It's going to be called uh, Disney Play. Yeah, you know, uh, we knew it's been coming for a while with all the content that they've got. Well, it makes me wonder, what if they decided to take all the Disney stuff and keep that on Disney Play, but then did a separate app for the Marvel stuff, called that Marvel Play, try to get a little extra money out of people? Elliot, don't give them any ideas. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Chief Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Well, maybe it's one of those other shows, like Outer Limits. Confuse the Twilight Zone with the Outer Limits? Do you even know me? Geek Counter Geek number 126. I'm Keith Conrad, Keith R. Conrad on Twitter. Joined as always by Elliot Serrano, Elliot Serrano on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at Geek Counter Geek, Facebook.com slash Geek Counter Geek. And uh, Elliot, there's been, um, there's been a, a lot of uh, DC Universe news over the past, uh, over the past couple weeks, especially uh, the death of uh, Superman. Yeah, and um, what's happening now with the uh, DC Universe movies, you know, the animated movies, is they've they've gone back a bit to kind of revisit some of the more um, uh, uh, big, larger events that took place in the comics and reinterpret it in film. So, like, like this is not the first time they've done the death of Superman in animated form. Um, they did a you know like when a, a Bruce Tim version called Superman Doomsday and it was again the death of Superman story when uh, Superman fought Doomsday who was you know marching towards Metropolis and and threatening to destroy the city um, so at this point what they've done is they've they, they've gone back, they've retold the story, but also brought in a lot more elements from the comics. You see the Justice League uh, a lot more in this version. Different character designs for uh, the, co- the the different um, superheroes uniforms um, it really harkens back a bit to how they looked in the comics during the time when the, the whole uh, Death of Superman story was being told and the animation style again much closer to anime than traditional American animation style so um, the, the voice acting uh, uh, pretty uh, good too it was interesting to note is it still uh, Tim Daly playing Superman, or is it a new one? No, no, it's not Tim Daly. I know him now <laughs> as the husband of Rebecca, uh, 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 Rebecca Romaine, she, the former um, 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 Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Right. Um, and uh, I know him also, Jeebus. Um, I'm going to punch up real quick the uh, the IMDb for Death of Superman while I look him up. Because I, I was listening to it, I'm going, oh, wait a minute. This dude is the voice of Superman? Not exactly the kind of guy. And, and of but, course, he's uh, the uh, he's the uh, the fat kid from Stand By Me. 
Right, Jerry O'Connell, right. Yes. So Jerry O'Connell um, is Superman, Rosario Dawson is Wonder Woman, uh, Matt Lantner as Batman. Uh, the fun ones are Rain Wilson as Lex Luthor and uh, Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. And um, uh, it's, it's, it's essentially when you look at this, with the exception of, of Jerry O'Connell, I could see all these um, actors playing these characters um, in, in, a, in a live action film, you know. But um, it, it, it's, it's different. It's if, again, if you had seen the original Superman Doomsday, um, it's it's essentially the same story but they they really make the fighting in this one incredibly brutal um i remember uh, when you when you would read the comic book of uh, of um the death of superman and you saw you know how each issue progress how you know again it was essentially one big long battle between superman and doomsday well actually it's doomsday getting closer and closer to metropolis and working his way through all these heroes and knocking them aside and superman's you know the last man standing and he's got to try to stop it and it's really it's it's incredibly um um in some cases it's a little difficult to watch because uh, oh one thing that that kind of um astounded me i mean maybe not astounded maybe that's too too much but it did surprise me there was there is a bit of blood in this one uh there are bits when um super, uh, doomsday kills people and he literally leaves behind like a he, he smashes them and leaves behind like a, a a splatter of blood wherever he lands on them and i'm like whoa they really uh <laughs> <laughs> They've upped the, the violence in this one. So I would say if you're going to watch uh, Death of Superman, uh, it's probably best uh, for older kids, teenagers and up. And um, let the little ones see the original version of Superman Doomsday. Uh, but this one is supposed to be the first of a trilogy where they're not only going to do the Death of Superman story, well, they've done the Death of Superman story, then they're going to do the Reign of the Superman, which is in the comic books, you had these uh, four different characters come to Earth and try to stand in as Superman, each in one way or another claiming to be Superman. Mm -hmm. And then finally, and then finally you have the actual return of Superman, which would be the third part of the trilogy that they're producing. Well, it sounds like, uh, you know, they've got things better planned out than the DC movie people. <laughs> right. You sit there and you think, uh, when you watch the first Justice League um, movie, or no, I'm sorry, Batman versus Superman, where they tried to fit everything in there. They wanted to introduce Wonder Woman. They wanted to uh, plant the seeds of a new Justice League. They did try doing uh, the Dark Knight Returns, a battle between Batman and Superman from Dark Knight Returns. And then they're like, oh, you know what? That's not enough. We're also going to put Doomsday in here, too. Plus, they also needed all the explosions. It got really splody, splody. So it, it, it's amazing that that um, they were really able to accomplish that in Death of Superman more effectively than in Batman versus Superman. 
Yeah, that uh, that is interesting. And uh, speaking of the DC universe, is um, is Oscar Isaac going to be in Superman or uh, Batman or not? What's what's going on with this thing? If you go to the THQ article and click on that, you'll see the full details. But I'm going to tell you, Oscar Isaac said, and I'll quote him from the article that should he um, ever don the cape of Batman, he's never going to give it up never going to let it go he's never going to run around and desert it well i mean it already sounds better than uh batfleck <laughs> that's man he's not been having a good time if you ask me lately when you find yourself in uh, uh getting taken to the hospital by your ex soon-to-be ex-wife and your current girlfriend and they have to like drive through like a fast food restaurant and give you something to eat, and I'm like, whoa. Like, like they did whoa. with Blago when they took him to prison. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. Oscar Isaac is Batman? That would be interesting, though. So... I, I would... I, I'd, I'd kind of like that, actually. I mean, I can see him as Batman, in a way. I could see him even more as Zorro. Um... Yeah, yeah, I guess I could see that too. Uh, you know, for somewhat obvious reasons, but uh, right. You know, and, and Zorro does predate Batman, and Zorro did inspire Batman. I mean, you know, um, Bob Kane talks about how Batman was essentially a modern day Zorro. I don't remember a whole lot about uh, Zorro's uh, Zorro's backstory in any of the incarnations. Uh, with was he basically sort of the uh, the rich guy who um, pretended just, to be pretended to be weak and foppish, and then um, yeah, had the the double life has you know the masked bandit who um, up you know against authority, and really the only thing that Zorro lacked um, that Batman has was essentially a, a rogues gallery. Um, you know, the, the Zorro was always going up against the evil, you know, the evil governor, you know, the, uh, in California, who is kind of like the Spanish governor who is oppressing the people. And, you know, Zorro was kind of like Batman and Robin Hood. So, yeah, I was about to say a lot like Robin Hood, because Robin yeah. Hood was, uh, you know, everybody says, uh, uh, you know, and, and this uh, for everybody watching, this is going to make Elliot roll his eyes. Uh, you know, everybody says rob from the rich, give to the poor with Robin Hood, but really he was fighting corrupt government. Well, Cause, no, because it was true. the sheriff. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was. He was fighting corrupt government. It was a, Robin Hood was, was the libertarian hero we all needed. Uh, see, now my eyes are rolling. See, I told you, I told you we'd get there. <laughs> you know, yeah, because King, you know, King Richard was away fighting in the Crusades, and the sheriff of Nottingham, you know, was was uh, essentially um, 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 d being uh, the corrupt, yeah, the corrupt uh, uh, governor, not governor, but the ruler of, of England. And, well, no, it wasn't, um, yeah, it was, um, it was uh, the sheriff of Nottingham and, and little, who was the, the, the usurping king? Little John, was it? I know. That thing no, Little John was. Uh... The very men, yeah. Um, but anyway. So, yes, it was. And it, it, you think that Zorro is something that would kind of resonate in today's um, 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 
zeitgeist i would guess you know i would think so yeah culture. yeah you know because he's kind of like one of those basic heroes and when you talk about batman how batman constantly evolves uh, did you hear the news about batman um writer tom king now says that batman is atheist i never put much thought into batman's religion but it's nice to know that you know that which astounds me and, and many comic nerds were going what because let us consider this first if you go by just the dcu okay uh batman himself did serve on the justice league with yes literally a member of the heavenly host there was once a literal archangel from heaven was a member of the justice league his name was zoriel and grant morrison created him for the justice league comic because at that time he couldn't have hawkman on the team so he thought it would be really cool to have a character like hawkman so he introduces zoriel so batman fought side by side with proof that god exists <laughs> at least in the dcu and now he's an atheist that's uh that's interesting um well you know i to be honest you could, you could kind of see why his his parents being killed at uh, such a young age doesn't believe in god because well yeah but I, again it, don't get me wrong it's not to say that being you know when you have trauma or something it makes you question the existence of god but he has literally fought against gods uh, maybe not capital g but gods uh, do exist within the dcu and mm -hmm. he's actually he's seen them he's interacted with them he's been onto higher planes of existence so it's not like you know he can't believe that there yeah. batman batman was in the crisis of infinite earth the specter the specter who batman has interacted with is the literal right hand of god <laughs> so it, it, it's like the uh, it's like the scene at the at the beginning of dogma where uh, you know it's ben affleck and matt damon as the angels and he's like now you know god exists you've actually spoken to him personally and yet he convinces a nun that God doesn't exist. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just, uh, to me, the, the, I was just a little bit amused by that whole thing where, you know, uh, um, I will accept a lot of things about Batman. You can try to tell me that Batman can take down the entire Justice League. I'll buy it. But don't tell me he's an atheist. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a very specific thing to to decide to throw in there, kind of so, somewhat randomly, it seems. But you know, quite, hey, quite randomly. But uh, what are you going to do? Uh, what are you going to do? You're going to swing by tweakedaudio.com is what you're going to do. Oh yeah, and if you go to tweakedaudio.com and and uh, check out what wonderful headphones and accessories they have to offer you're going to find um eight different 
<clears throat> pardon me, eight different styles and colors. You're going to find mic'd and non-mic'd versions. You're going to find um, earbuds. You're going to find headphones. You're going to find uh, uh, accessories that are good for listening to music on your MP3 player, uh, for answering phone calls on your on your uh, mobile device, or even uh, for co-op gaming um, on your favorite gaming system. But the great thing about Tweaked Audio is that once you check out all those uh, items that they have, um, let's say you see a, a pair of earbuds that you think are just a bit outside your price range, well, guess what? If you enter the code GCG at checkout, you're going to get 33% off your, your purchase price. And on top of that, you're going to get free worldwide shipping. So if you're one of those people who you hold off on making a purchase because it's like $6.95, $7.95, $8.95 for shipping on an item, guess what? GCG at checkout, you're going to get 33% off the purchase price of the item you select and free worldwide shipping. So if you enter the code, it is not case sensitive and uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, once you get your uh, your amazing uh, headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio, you'll want to listen to the many fine podcasts on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network, including uh, Minutia Men, Caffeinated Comics, uh, the Dishing Bitches, who will make their their triumphant return on September 11th, and um, you know. But uh, so, uh, Elliot, uh, it's 2018 right now as we record this. <clears throat> and that's a that's a very special anniversary. Do you know what that is? Oh boy. Uh, let's see. Well, it's two years and I still haven't thrown myself off a bridge. That, that, of a, that's a good one. Uh-huh. Uh no, it's actually twenty years since uh, both Armageddon and Deep Impact came out. <laughs> Same thing. It, it is. <laughs> I could have thrown myself off a bridge after those. <laughs> Let's see. That was when uh, Hollywood was having its whole. Oh, we found out what the competing studio is up to, so we're going to make a mo- we're going to make a movie that's essentially the same thing and rush it out to compete against it. Um, so you had. Um, Let's see. You had your asteroid colliding with Earth uh, movie, like yes, Deep Impact and Armageddon. You had your volcano movies. You had Dante's Peak, right? Yeah. And Volcano, which, which I actually um, liked uh, both of those. I mean, they're they're both you know kind of you know goofy popcorn flicks, but uh, I, I I still like both of them actually. You know, the thing about uh, uh, the, with Deep Impact, well, the thing that got me when you talk about Armageddon and Deep Impact is you saw two different takes on that genre. Deep Impact played it very straight. Uh, you had uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Linda Hamilton. No, that was Dante's Peak, not Deep oh, Impact. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're, you're absolutely now you're, right. Now, now you're confusing um, your, your late 90s disaster movies. Right. Uh, 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 Deep Impact had Taya Leone. Uh, you oh yes you had uh, um, Morgan Freeman as the president of the United States in a Deep Impact and, and this you was had, uh, this was shortly before he he 
he played God in, uh, in Bruce Almighty, which I think was in 03. So it was four or five years ahead of that. So, he, you know, for a while there, he just kept getting promoted. <laughs> Elijah Wood, pre-Hobbit. Right, yeah, yeah. You know. Probably, probably um, actually still high school, college age at that point, actually. Right. Then you go over to the Armageddon side, and this is back when, uh, just as, this is pre-Transformers Michael Bay. Um, and this is pre-Pearl Harbor Michael Bay. Yes, but so, post, post The Rock and Bad Boys. Yeah, so um, so I think that actually at that point when you when you combine you know the goodwill from Bad Boys and The Rock, I think people are going into Armageddon saying, hey, you know maybe uh, you know hey you know if the guy who did The Rock is uh, is making this movie, I'm on board with it. Yeah, even I, I was I kind of because I remember really enjoying The Rock. Um, that that's like probably my favorite Michael Bay movie. I would agree uh, with that. Yeah, and, yeah. and it all it also helped that uh, it just so happened that The Rock came out uh, when my dad was uh, was working in uh, San Francisco on uh, on a uh, a rocket out there, and um, so we literally I think we we went to uh, Alcatraz like on on Saturday because we were out there visiting him. And uh, the Wednesday we saw The Rock, so that that was great timing on our part. It's a fun film, a great um, a great premise, if you ask me. And you had uh, was it three Oscar winners or uh, well, I, did, I think Nicolas Cage had won the Oscar for no, he hadn't done Leaving Las Vegas yet. I don't think. I know Sean Connery had won the Oscar for The Untouchables, mm-hmm. and Ed Harris was an Oscar nominee at that point. He hadn't won yet. Um, so, but you know, this was back when you had action movies. You had this whole streak of action movies now being done by serious actors. Uh, it wasn't just you know former you know uh, uh, kung fu you know uh, 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 bodybuilders and and kung fu comp- competitors and you know even uh, U.S. gymnasts like yeah. uh, Jim Kata. Remember Jim Kata? <laughs> the movie I, about the gymnast. I, I do. Yes. <laughs> They converted his gym, 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 mystery <laughs> into a new martial art. <laughs> so, so you have a movie like, uh, again, you have a movie like um, The Rock where, you know, Ed Harris really brings this great gravitas to that role. And it's just, and, and of course, you know, um, um, Sean Connery, who is also in this huge, this big resurgence in his career, you know, playing, playing that role, playing, uh, you know, kind of like, um, I mean, he it wasn't James Bond, but they do say, you know, that, I don't know if it was Michael Bay or um, or the screenwriter who said the premise of The Rock was what if James Bond had been captured by the Americans? Yeah. And yeah, like you said, they never come out and say it, but he is supposed to be a British spy. Right. Yeah. yeah MI6. Right. So um, uh, it's it's it was a great movie. And, and Michael Bay uh created what was an incredible for its time a really kinetic um fun popcorn munching action film i I remember seeing the rock and i think the only other movie that really to me compared to the rock was uh, baz luhrmann's um 
um, um, Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. When you look, when you look, when you watch Moulin Rouge, that movie has so many cuts. I mean, there's one scene in the very beginning uh, where the cuts are so so quick that um, it has almost a strobe effect, and it made me fear that I'd have a seizure. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's how quickly the, the the cuts were. And Michael Bay does something similar to that in The Rock. So yes, builds up a lot of faith in that, and then you have Will Smith and 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 um. Martin Lawrence in the Bad Boys movies, boom. Michael Bay now has become this name um, um, director. Yeah. Uh, so, so in 1908, uh, 1908, in 1998, it's pretty safe to say that uh, um, Michael Bay wasn't quite the cartoon character that he is today. No, but he was on his way to becoming that cartoon character with The Rock. Because when you, I'm not the rock with uh, Armageddon. Because when you watch that movie, the thing that really saddens me about it is like with with a lot of Michael Bay movies these days, the first 20 minutes, half hour are really solid and fun. But then he gets a little overly self indulgent, and then he runs too freaking long. And that's you know that's essentially what happens with Armageddon. Yeah, he does a really great job of you know setting up the premise. And you know both movies they they run into a, a pretty big problem if you if you're actually like spending any time with this, and it's exaggerated with Armageddon. But even Deep Impact. If we found an, a comet hurtling towards the Earth and it was going to hit us in one year, we're, we're all going to be dead. There's nothing we can do about that. Like, there's literally nothing. There's no way that we could do anything to stop that, that comet from hitting us. And so, you know, that's like, you know, a little over a year. In Armageddon, it's supposed to be like three months. Right. Yeah. No, we, you're, you're absolutely right. And the fact that they... That, and I know uh, 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 Ben Affleck has teased, you know, the particular plot point on the on the um, commentary for Armageddon, the whole bit where uh, they go, why why can't why can't astronauts do what the miners are going to do on that asteroid? You know, they're really smart. <laughs> you know, why why do you have to why do you have to send all these miners up there? to do this thing why can't the astronauts do it and then the whole lie where oh yeah 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 well it's easier to train us to go to space than it is to train you how to run a, a drill or something bullshit 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 uh yeah so. no it's funny because uh it's funny you should say that because there's literally like just one scene where bruce willis takes a look at him and says no i can't use these people i gotta <laughs> i gotta bring my own people doesn't even talk to them just looks at them and I, I want to say that um, I want to say that NASA did a, a bit of consulting on this film because I know the thing with Michael Bay too is because he's Mister Patriot and all that. You know, he always wants to make the USA look great. Um, so I, there's I nothing wrong say, with that, right? He, I think he did do a little bit of con, uh, consulting with NASA, but the, even the NASA folks took exception, you know, to the whole bit because. I know you, uh, astronauts have different specializations. I'm, I wonder right now if there's someone within the astronaut program, within the space program, it's like a former miner, a former driller, because he, he wants to be an astronaut, so that way when the Armageddon scenario presents itself, they'll send him up there. I, I wonder if there's anybody now, 20 years later, who would actually admit, you know, 
I actually decided I wanted to be an astronaut because I saw Armageddon. <laughs> you know, you know, like like Scott Kelly talks about uh, the right stuff about reading the the book, the right stuff, and that got him uh, actually focused on school, and and uh, and you know, ultimately he was able to become an astronaut because of that. Um, yeah, I, I don't. This is what we're reduced to, Elliot. Well, here's the thing: name a single astronaut movie or single movie about going into space since since Armageddon. Where you're like, yeah, I, I totally want to do that. Because then, of course, yes, Deep Impact, right? Similar plot. Um, they had astronauts go up on a space shuttle. Oh, yes, that's right. Robert Duvall is the commander of the space shuttle that goes up uh, to try to um, stop the planet killing uh, the, the the planet killing asteroid that's headed towards Earth. And of course, the one of the best lines. Uh, that that happens in the movie, you know, where you know Robert Duvall tells them, he goes, look, just so you know, if we do this, you know, it's, he's telling them essentially, it's a suicide mission, to which the, I want to say it's the female astronaut responds, well, at least we'll all get schools named after us. That is a great line, yeah, and it's uh, a great line. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that uh, I I didn't even think about this uh at at the moment until i'm looking at the uh, cast here uh john favreau is actually in it he plays one of the astronauts right yeah so that's a really you had a really good cast on that side um about uh, you billy bob thornton also right yeah i know yeah. again and he had won that um oscar for sling blade oh that's right yeah he had and yeah. uh, it's also worth pointing out that uh, jason isaacs you know, that, that was the world's, uh, outside of England, the world's uh, introduction to Jason Isaacs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In, so, uh, some really impressive casts on both sides. Uh, the scripts, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, um, Michael Bay tried glossing over a lot of the weakness of the script. And I'm sorry, and... And Ben Affleck's horrible, horrible acting. <laughs> well, I think that uh, I, I think that Deep Impact. You know, I I I, I said that. Um, you know, if we found an uh, a comet that was hurtling towards us and we only had a year, we're all going to die. There's there's nothing we can do about that. I I think you know the the script is actually solid. It's just for whatever reason they decided they needed to compress everything into into basically a year which you know they they're they make movies and i don't so they they may know why they did that and i don't but uh i don't i don't see why they needed to do that but they did and uh i i think if if you take that element out of it uh deep impact is actually probably fairly realistic um well, you know at, at least uh, compared to armageddon yeah, well, with Deep Impact, it's the ticking clock. I mean, it's like what you call the, um, that's what the screenplay, the screenwriter calls a ticking clock. You need to have a ticking clock. Well, so I mean, easier, you, you could have done you that. You, you could have, you know, even if the, like the, the people in the story don't know that, you could have a little thing that flashes on the screen that says, you know, 347 days to impact. Yeah, but, you know, still, the, but now you're expecting to, to keep uh, the attention of the audience for that, or they have to, you know, they'll be like, wait a minute, why didn't they do this? Or why didn't they do that? If that much time passed, blah, 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 blah. You know, again, just, you know, it's just a narrative thing. Um, I, 
you know, uh, the thing about these disaster movies, I mean, well, we can say the same thing about about many, uh, many disaster movies. You have The Towering Inferno. Remember The Towering Inferno? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, which was again was was recently revisited by uh, Dwayne Johnson in Skyscraper, you know, which was essentially Die Hard in the Towering Inferno. Right. Um, and they were talking not about, a Christmas you know, movie, though. Just, you know, let's clear up that confusion right now. And everyone was talking about the, the, the jump that he makes from that scaffold to the building, you know, with a prosthetic leg. And everyone was going over the physics of it and how it's impossible for Dwayne Johnson to have made that jump. You know, it's like, there's so much there now. I mean, if I think that if Deep Impact and Armageddon came out today, as opposed to 20 years ago, um, it would be met with the same scrutiny as, hmm, oh wait, the Meg. <laughs> oh, can you imagine what Twitter would be like if if Deep Impact came out? Because you know this was like the big movie of the summer, and uh, uh, so Armageddon comes out now. I mean, you can just see the hot takes just flying on Twitter. Social media would have really just destroyed those films. <laughs> yeah, b- both of them, but but I think especially uh, Armageddon. You know, I, I think I think people are willing to. Uh, you know, like they, they made certain choices in in Deep Impact, you know, to sort of make it all fit into into a two hour movie. Um, you know, Armageddon is aggressively inaccurate. The thing, though, again, I mean, let's look at it this way. We do love our flash and our shiny. And um, and it seems like Michael Bay, no matter what he does, you know, he, he sure his movies get progressively dumber and dumber and especially like with his Transformers movies. But every time he releases a new film, it makes another 400, 500 million dollars. And, and, and he just makes movies that make money. Mind you, now that I think about it, he has made a couple things that I mean, there was the. Uh, he began the Benghazi movie that he did. Uh, uh, 13 Hours. Yeah. You know, eh, I don't know how that did. And then you had um, the movie. That, that did very did. well in some for a, a very uh, specific demographic. But I mean, did it make, you know, 300, 400 million dollars as is, as is customary? For well, when you're making a movie for a very specific demographic, they tend to not make a whole lot of money. Right, and then you had the the uh, the the workout dude movie, the the movie with uh, the Rock and Marky Mark. Um, the, the 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 was it the buddy comedy they did or something? So I guess not everything that glitters is gold right now for for Mr. Bay. Uh, you know, he's producing Ninja Turtle movies. So oh, they're they're still making those things. <laughs> They've gone to cartoons again, which is which people are bitching about now. You know the whole thing, but you know you got to give Michael Bay credit for at least keeping that alive. You know for keeping interest in those things alive for so long, getting them on the big screen. You know, so 
you know, if, so I mean, back to the issue of, of again, Armageddon and Deep Impact. I mean, I will, for me, I saw Deep Impact and for all it was worth, I mean, you know, again, the performances played it fairly straight. Um, I walked out of that movie, even though it was kind of silly and ridiculous at the end, I kind of like was, I was okay with, you know, we took a, an, an extinction level event and knocked it down to a near extinction level event. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with Armageddon, you had that long drawn out bit where, where um, um, Bruce Willis has the detonator that's gonna blow up the the asteroid and and he's saying this long goodbye <laughs> which is slowing everybody down <laughs> and then the, the the shuttle won't take off off the asteroid because whatever because people are talking <laughs> and right then, yeah. and then when when ben affleck finally makes it back to earth uh, uh, Liv Tyler, who's just seen her father die, is like hell happy because her boyfriend's back. That is, yeah, yeah, it, it is a little um, uneven. Might might be a good way to describe it. <laughs> uneven, yeah, right. <laughs> but then uh, Steve Buscemi is uh, is is very funny throughout the whole movie. So I mean that that, that you got to give a point or two to Armageddon for that one. And it was very prescient. I mean, I mean, the the whole mission almost gets derailed when we encounter the Russians up there. That and isn't that how it always goes? It always um, goes. You know, I, I'll say this: uh, I will rewatch Deep Impact periodically. Uh, Armageddon, however, you know, at this point, uh, you know, I, I I thought more highly of it at the time. Still, didn't think it was uh, it was spectacular I, Armageddon is so bad I find myself rooting for the asteroid <laughs> I saw Armageddon for free because uh, McDonald's was doing a promotion where if you bought like a quarter pounder meal you got a free ticket to see Armageddon and I still felt ripped off the proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com.